0: We had a great friendship service last Sunday, and we celebrated God's love and grace for our friendship group together. Now we need to remind, remember that we are in the midst of the season of Lent. Today is the third Sunday of Lent, and we are continuing the sermon series on Lent, how long? It is a time of reflection, Repentance and renewal. In this season, God invites us to pause and examine our hearts, identify our sins, weakness, struggles, suffering, pain, and sorrow, and humbly bring them all to the Lord in faith. He can deliver us from them and guide us on the right path towards his kingdom. The topic that I'd like to talk about this morning is when we disagree. In many cases, when people disagree, they may become angry or defensive. And the disagreement could escalate into argument or conflict. This could lead to hurt feelings, broken relationships, division, or even violence, if the disagreement becomes too intense. Actually, we could experience this in our daily lives at any time. How long should we suffer from this challenge? How can we as believers view, understand, and deal with this challenge in a way that reflects the love and grace of Christ. Today's scripture passage is Romans 14. The 14, Paul addresses the issue of disagreement within the church. It is a bit long, so listen carefully as I read. <clears throat> Except the one whose faith is weak. without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak, eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything, must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special, does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat, does, does so to the Lord. For they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains, does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Well, why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, Every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person, it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit because anyone who serves Christ in this way is is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person who eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine, or to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubt is condemned if they eat because their eating is not from faith. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. People may have different opinions on political issues or social issues. Within the Christian faith, there are many different denominations and theological perspectives. We may have different preferences for worship style, music, or Bible translations. You may come from different cultural backgrounds with different views, values, languages, or traditions. When we disagree, it can be a challenging and difficult experience. Whether it is in our personal relationships, our family, our workplace, or even in our church, disagreement could turn into frustration, conflict, or divisions. As people don't make enough of an effort to understand others or try to find common ground, people become more polarized due to differences in opinions. They often slander and attack other people and consider them as enemies. As a result, there are increasing divisions between individuals Were groups with opposing views on controversial issues in society. Is the church an exception? Maybe not. In Romans 14, Paul addresses the issue of Christians having different opinions about food and holy days. Some Christians believed it was necessary to abstain from certain foods or to observe certain holidays while others did not. They judged each other and treated others with contempt. That is why Paul says in verse 10, you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Each, each denomination, church, or individual Christian holds their own interpretation or view in terms of certain, certain controversial doctrines in certain gray areas where the scripture isn't clear. I don't think I need to list those controversial issues here, because these issues have been debated for a long time, now well known, well known within the Christian community. We already know these issues, and our focus will be on the issue related to disagreement on them. then is having our interpretation or view wrong or a sin? We don't disagree on purpose. Actually, we like to peacefully agree with our brothers and sisters with a smile. Why is our reality quite different? Firstly, each person has their own personalities, backgrounds, knowledge, experiences, views, and preferences. Their life situations are all different. Secondly, in our lives, the time or life stage when you meet Christ and come to have faith is different for each of us. It is also true that we all have different starting points in our spiritual journeys. Some may come to faith at a young age, while others may find Jesus later in life. Thirdly, life paths or ways in which God helps us spiritually mature are all different because we are all unique and God leads us in the way that best suits us. We are all in a different stage in terms of our spiritual journey. When considering, when considering all these factors that shape people's beliefs or perspectives, it is almost impossible for everyone to have the same opinions on controversial issues. It is rather rather strange to be able to have the same thoughts on them. So we need to acknowledge that disagreements are a natural and normal part of human interaction and society. Actually, we have the right to believe whatever we think is right. It is inevitable and not necessarily wrong or sinful for churches or individuals to hold different opinions on controversial issues unless we begin to judge others or treat them with contempt. The trouble starts here. When people disagree, they often have a critical attitude towards others, clash with each other, even demonize them, or consider them as enemies of the faith. Paul says, we will all stand before God's judgment seat. They tell each other, this is what the Bible says, and it is obvious. There is no room for discussion on this matter. I know they are serious. But my question is, are you 100% sure about that? Let's look at some big historical mistakes made by Christians, slavery. Many Christians throughout history have justified the practice of slavery using religious argument. They argue that slavery was allowed by the Bible and used this to justify the enslavement of millions of people. The residential school system It is a significant part of Canadian history and is widely regarded as one of the country's most shameful chapters. It was primarily run by Christian churches that were designed to assimilate indigenous children into Euro-Canadian culture. Suppression of science, at various times throughout history, Christians have suppressed the scientific inquiry or progress, believing that certain scientific ideas or discoveries were wrong and threatened their religion beliefs or authority. Patriarchy. Christianity had traditionally been patriarchal, placing men in position of power and authority over women. I know that this, this is still happening in some other churches. These are just a few examples of historical mistakes made by Christians. From our current perspectives, we may wonder how they made such serious errors that impacted the lives of countless people. You know, they were so sure about their interpretation of the Bible and their convictions on those issues at the time. They said, this is what the Bible says. Now we know that their interpretation or convictions were different from what the Bible says. We can see similar examples in the Bible as well. Jonah, one of the prophets, believed that the Ninevites were too wicked and did not deserve God's mercy. So he initially refused to obey God's command to go to the Nineveh and preach to the people there. He was so sure about his own convictions that he even refused to obey God's command. Pharisees and religious leaders in Jesus' time had a strong confidence about their convictions that they rejected the Lord and crucified him. They judged the Lord. Paul, before his conversion, imprisoned and even killed those who followed Jesus, believing that he was doing God's will. He he misplaced the confidence in his own convictions. Of course, there are more examples in the Bible. My question is, are you sure you are 100% free from making the same mistakes? It doesn't matter how strong confidence you have about a certain issue. You still see things from a very limited human perspective through your lens. None of us possesses full knowledge or wisdom. We understand only a fraction of the truth. We don't know all the facts that related to, the, to an issue, society, or individuals. We don't have a complete perspective of the past, the present, or the future. Only God is capable of such knowledge. Only God can judge us, and his judgment is right. If you find yourself tempted to judge or hold contempt toward others, because you don't agree with they don't agree with you on a particular issue, you need to recognize that you'll be like placing yourself in the position of God, which is sin. In John 8, there is a story of a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. When Jewish leaders asked Jesus, what should be done with her? Jesus said, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. One by one, the accusers began to leave until only Jesus and the woman were left. Jesus told her, Go now and live your life of sin. We can learn several things from this story related to our topic. The woman broke the seventh Commandment. When Jesus said, let anyone of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her, they all laughed, including the religious leaders. That implies that the accusers might break other commandments or break the seventh commandment as well. People are unworthy to judge others and are incapable of judging others. One of the reasons for this is because of their own sins. Jesus was with her, protected, and forgave forgave her and showed her grace and mercy. Remember, that doesn't mean Jesus was okay with her sin or promoted her sin. He clearly told her, live your life of sin. This story showed us two different ways. Jesus' ways and accuser's way. Jesus' way let the woman experience his grace and mercy and gave her time to think about what she had done and repent. Jesus gave the woman the second chance that we all also need as sinners. Jesus loved to be with sinners, talked and ate with them, and embraced them in love and grace. He even sacrificed himself for sinners on the cross. In verse 17 and 18, Paul says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Paul asks us to be more flexible in the area of our convictions or disputable matters. So we need to distinguish convictions from our core beliefs we have core beliefs clearly spelled out in the Bible. We believe that Jesus came to us as the Son of God, that he lived a perfect life without sin, that he died in our place and rose again, that he sent us the Holy Spirit, and that he will come again to judge the living and the dead. These core beliefs are firm and unchanging. We know only a fraction of the truth. That means when we disagree, our differences should be an opportunity to learn from one another and grow together in our faith. If we can let go of our pride, be willing to admit that my opinions could be wrong, and humbly seek to understand one another's perspectives, prioritizing our unity in Christ. As we seek to navigate our disagreement, We need to remember that our unity in Christ is more important than our differences. We need to be willing to set aside our preferences and opinions for the sake of the greater good. We need to prioritize peace and mutual edification and avoid anything that could cause division or hurt within the body of Christ. If someone were to say that Jesus is incapable of guiding his people on the right path or completing his kingdom community, it would cause us to feel upset because our God is all powerful, all knowing, and omnipresent. However, when we disagree, sometimes we act like we don't, trust the, we don't trust the Lord. We need to remember that he keeps his promises and never fails. As Christians, we are called to be a community of love and peace, even in the midst of our differences. The Lord will help us help us, and work with us for this call. When we disagree, we should seek the guidance of the Lord rather than worrying about it. We should be willing to submit our own opinions and perspectives to the Lord. Even if it means admitting that we could be wrong or deferring to the opinions of others, we need to remember that the Holy Spirit is the ultimate guide and teacher in all matters. Jesus promised his disciples that he would send the Holy Spirit to guide them into all truth. We should trust that the Holy Spirit will also guide us into all truth. And we should always be open to his leading as we seek to build each other up and grow together in faith in all situations the Lord will surely keep his promise with his almighty power in love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, who has called us to be a community of love and grace. We pray that you would give us the wisdom, humility, and compassion to navigate our disagreement in a way that honors you and builds up the body of Christ. Help us to prioritize our unity in Christ, seeking to understand one another, extending grace and forgiveness towards those with whom we disagree. Guide us in our relationships with one another and help us to grow together in our faith, even in the midst of our differences. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.